Okay, so beginning from now, right, every, every session that we do, um, or every meditation that we do, <clears throat> will sort of assume that you have a resource, that you have a place that you can place your attention, that you can direct your attention, um, that you feel safe, or that you feel as if um, you're, you know, you're relatively safe, like I'm, 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 I'm okay in this in this, uh, when I place my attention here, I don't really like placing my attention there. Okay, well then we, we're, we're going to learn, right? You learn how to do that with some of the techniques that we learned in the first two weeks. And if you don't have a resource, or if you haven't found your resource yet, what I would do is um, I would try to. I think your homework would be to find a resource. Right, so find a resource that works for you. It can be, uh, it can be literally, you know, for a period of time holding on to like a stuffed animal or something like that. If you feel like that sensation of holding a stuffed animal is your resource, then you have a resource. That's where you're placing your attention to. Okay, um, riding your your unicorn um, like Gabriella does, um, whatever it might be, some place that feels safe. Right, that you can put your attention to, whether it's the sensation of your hands, your feet on the floor, your butt on the chair, your breath, whatever it is. Right, it could be an imaginary place. It could be a, sort of a place that you go in guided imagery, where you imagine, you know, the most beautiful scene that you could possibly create, um, and that's your resource. And <clears throat> the 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 practice is just simply paying attention to your resource and as your mind wanders noticing your mind wander and saying oh not today thank you and coming back to your resource and so what you're starting to train your nervous system to do is to feel safe to feel like it's okay to be in your body to feel like it's okay to be alive for instance and then once you start feeling having that sense of like oh this is okay then as anything comes up in the present moment, because you've had this practice already, if anything comes up in the present moment, that's the unfolding of the present moment. And you start to have trust in yourself that whatever comes up in the present moment, you can handle or be with. All right. So it's not like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to freak out or I can't handle this or whatever it might be. Now, there might be some times where you feel like, oh, this is this is beyond my comfort zone, right? We were talking about that zone of, of tolerance. This is beyond my comfort zone, and you might go there. You might go there and you say, okay, that was beyond my comfort zone. And then that's really where it's important to bring in the resource because then you're going to come back into the comfort zone. Or you might just flip your lid for a period of time and know that, all right, I flipped my lid. That was beyond my comfort zone. That was beyond my zone of tolerance, Okay. That might be a sympathetically activation, uh, or it might be a freeze, like like you you're you're disembodying, disassociating, freezing. All right. So what you want to start practicing is seeing where is this zone of comfort, and first you don't <clears throat> you don't test it. You're not like bringing in you know the worst possible traumatic experience that you've had in your past. Okay. Um, you just pay attention to the present moment and anything that comes up like oh i'm planning lunch you say oh thanks for coming in and planning lunch I, i'm still focusing i'm still directing my attention on 
my resource. All right. And so what this starts to build is it starts to build an ability to focus and concentrate, focus and concentrate, focus and concentrate, focus and concentrate. And then we start to open up this concentration focus. You start to open up this your field of awareness to include other things, but you're coming from a resource place. All right. Number one. Gabrielle, you ever you, you had your hand up and you took it down. You have a question. Um, well, uh, my resource lately has been my heart, and um, I've, I don't know, it's very, it feels very good to rest in that, and I've been at it for a long time, and my mind wanders a lot, and uh, the heart, you, you can, well, you can feel a lot of love in the heart, and you can also feel a lot of anger. <laughs> It seems like it's a problematic resource, but I was, you know, it's very, it's like, I feel like a moth to a flame. But one time I was meditating and I was thinking about the resource of being the heart. And I was also thinking, my mind was wandering all over the place and I kept pulling it back. And then also I was going to some kind of dark place, which I can't quite explain, but I was aware of three things happening, which was the, the resource and the mind wandering and the dark place, which I can't quite explain. <laughs> and then there was also a lot of anger <laughs> because there was this, I was like, this resource thing is bullshit. <laughs> I know it's not, but I was actually feeling very angry. Like I felt like the resource, even though I've been using this resource for months and months, I felt like it was, um, it, was uh, it was failing me. <laughs> like it wasn't working, it was just too, like I was like this resource of bullshit <laughs> and I'm not saying that like I actually felt at the time in the moment I was pretty pissed off <laughs> but it was like I feel that the resource is kind of uh shaky <laughs> I don't know what my question is is just that the heart is an intense thing but I needed the intensity to keep me from mind wandering Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> and that makes perfect sense. And you might feel like, like you know, uh, you have a resource, for instance, and then maybe one day uh, you're, 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 you're thinking to yourself, wow, uh, you know, if somebody has a resource and it's the heart and all of a sudden they have a heart attack and then their resource betrayed them or something like that, right? The, very common, even very common to doubt your resource, that there's doubt that that mind wandering, you know, is doubting your resource and so in that moment <clears throat> you notice that the mind wandered you notice all the other things that are happening and you simply come back what is it about the heart that is resourcing for you why do you feel safety in bringing that attention because if you don't if you're like oh wait if my if this stops or it doesn't work right if you're having those thoughts then it's then maybe you want to find a different space that is that you feel like it's safe more safe not to say that you have to because their heart can be a resource for many people um but i just asked you know what do you what do you find about the heart because the heart is so complex right it's symbolic it's anatomic it's physiologic uh it, it it's energetic what about the heart do you feel safe and that's what you come to you don't come to, you know, uh, well, uh, if my artery blocks in the heart, then I'm going to have a heart attack and then it's not going to function. So that sucks. Then you notice that, oh, 
even in this place that I am considering so safe, I'm still bringing fear, right? There's still that aspect of like, <clears throat> oh, wow, look, my mind is bringing fear into this like really incredible space, huh? That's just curious to me, right? And so you, and so you investigate that with like total curiosity, like, oh, wow, that's really, that's really kind of interesting. What is it about my mind that feels like I'm, I, I need to bring fear into this really kind of like safe place? Okay, here I am in my safe place. And then all of a sudden it's like, eh, it's not so safe. Look at me, I'm gonna do this. And you're like, I see, <laughs> right? I think, oh, whoa, does this happen to me in other realms of my life? Uh, in places where safety is present, do I, do I consciously or unconsciously create fear? Is it entering? Is there something that's entering? And then just kind of notice that and say, when the fear enters, right? Just like the Rumi poem, like you never know who's going to show up at your house that time. That's your present moment. And you say, oh, hello, fear. And just like you're offering your best friend a cup of tea, the fear comes in. You say, would you like to sit? within the realm of this heart and have a cup of tea and see what happens. See what happens to the fear. See what happens to your present. And then you, again, this again, again, and if that feels too intense, right? Like you feel like, oh my goodness, this cloud of fear just came in and I'm feeling my heart constricting and I'm actually starting to have really bad chest, but you don't want to go to that extreme, right? You want to say, oh, I'm not ready. Not now. Thank you. Let me come back to my resource. But for you, it may be, you know, maybe uh, kind of bring it, lo looking at that, looking at that aspect of it. Um, yeah, I think in my case, like the fear manifests as mind wandering and my mind goes round and round and round and I'm not even seeing it as fear, but I think it's something like that. Right. So that's where the concentration comes. Mind wandering. Oh, hello, mind wandering. All right. Thank you. I just, thank you. <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy. Just like we talked about it last time, right? Enjoy. Enjoy it. Have fun. <clears throat> All right. Today, <clears throat> we're going to talk about um, a possible resource for people. Um, and uh, I've written down uh, numerous reasons why the breath can be a resource for you, uh, and the importance the the importance of the breath. Um, we're probably going to take the next. I'm guessing three to four weeks to kind of really dissect the breath. Um, the breath is can be a resource for people. Many people use the breath in various ways as a resource or as an anchor to help focus their uh, their attention. I'd like to show you um, out of um, this is actually uh, a uh, live three dimensional video of what the internal organs, uh, the chest cavity looks like while you're breathing. And for Gabrielle, you'll see the heart really prominent in the middle of the chest cavity uh, actually doing its job. This is out of the Max Planck Institute. I'm going to share my screen with you. 
Um, okay, so this is the heart, right? Um, these are the lungs. These white things are the lungs. This is uh, the large liver down here. Okay, this is the large liver. The diaphragm would be sort of on top of this, right? The diaphragm is what separates the abdominal cavity from the chest cavity, the chest cavity having the lungs and the heart in it. And you can see these sort of things, they're, 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 they almost look like ribs along the side here. Um, these are the shoulders, the neck, all right? And so this is an image, is a 3D image. Of somebody breathing, exhaling, inhaling, exhaling. Look how the ribs are contracting. Look how the expansion. Look how the uh, look how when you're breathing, the 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 diaphragm goes down and it pushes down all the organs. Your liver is literally getting compressed. Okay. It's an inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. You can see almost the heart elongate as you're taking a deep breath in, right? It's, you see it, it's compressed, starts to get. Here it is, look. see your stomach down here being pulsated by the beating of the heart being compressed by the diaphragm all your colon going down your chest cavity expanding bringing in oxygen getting rid of carbon dioxide when we exhale look how many beats the heart goes through That's, that's what's happening in your internal organs every single time you take a breath. So it's quite incredible from a, um, from a, you know, if you just kind of, uh, we usually don't see that or connect with that, but when we are focusing at this level, especially if you're using the heart as a resource or any organ as a resource, knowing what it's doing at that level right we've never had images like that where we can actually have a 3d mri image of somebody breathing and seeing the organs change and stuff like that over the over the next few weeks or you can peruse it yourself uh, i'll show you various other images they have people singing 
um, where you can see their the, the their neck, um, and particularly I'm interested in like the movement of the of the of the cerebrospinal fluid when people are singing or vocalizing uh, things, <clears throat> and so that's what that that's what's happening uh, when when we are breathing, and you can connect right on any one of those levels. The reason why I think that's important is that you can connect on, for instance, when you take an in-breath, you might actually feel your heart elongate. You might be like, oh, you know, am I noticing my, am I noticing my, the, just the, 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 the skin on my chest or the sternum sort of expanding? Or am I noticing something more deep? Am I actually feeling, can I feel the heart that it elongates when I take a really deep breath? Do I feel the internal organs? Almost as if you could give your internal organs an internal massage by simply activating and deactivating your diaphragm. Okay. So I've written down here, um, we'll see how many we get to, but each one of these could really be an entire session talking about the breath. If you don't do any form of breath work, I would highly recommend that you start looking at a form of breath work that works for you. And what I mean by breath work is some sort of um, either paying attention to your breath or counting your breaths or counting the seconds of, for instance, like an inhalation cycle and an exhalation cycle, doing something like oh, the Wim Hof method uh, holotropic breath work, whatever it might be, but having some sort of breath practice that you do. If you don't have a breath practice, like you feel anxiety around the breath, that's perfectly okay. Then don't don't do a breath practice. Okay, if you have some people with a history of um, of like asthma, if you've ever been intubated, nowadays people are getting COVID and 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 they're coming in and they're still having hard time breathing and they're like. Every time I focus on my breath, I get really kind of anxious. Then don't do then 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 a, a breath practice at this time is not for you. And then it's really about then focusing on your resource, right? So if there's anything about sort of focusing on your breath that causes uh, anxiety or panic, then stay away from the breath. I I can almost guarantee you, there will be a time that you will come back to it. You will come to the breath. Um, and it might just be a matter of uh, perception or how you're relating to it, which might make a big, a, a, a really big difference. Okay. Um, this is why I love the breath. First of all, the, the amount of research that has come out in like the last two years on breath work and the amount of research that's going to come out in the next 15 years on breath work is going to be incredible. I highly recommend, I'll, I've, I'll follow it for you. I highly recommend you follow it yourself because it's gonna be one of the most fascinating discoveries that we're gonna come to that's gonna say, oh my goodness, we had this tool all along and we're finally tapping into it as a whole, as a collective, right? There were yogis and, 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 and you know, yoga teachers and people who have practiced breath work and pranayama breathing and Stan Grofs of the world and, and, you know, other traditions and, 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 um, Ayurvedic medicine or Chinese medicine that have done breath work for, 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 for an extended period of time. And now we're, we're testing all these, 
ways and we're actually hooking people up who are doing breath work and seeing what sort of changes are occurring to their to their to their brains their nervous system whatever it might be it's going to be incredible and i do feel as if it's going to be um it's going to be one of those things that for any chronic disease if you don't have a breath practice it's going to be okay what's your breath practice right how are we teaching you how to have a breath practice and why is that number one um I like to teach things that you don't need anybody. So even though I'm a physician and I get paid by people coming to me, uh, I don't like that model. And so I like the fact that I can tell you to breathe and then say, I never have to see you again, bye-bye, right? I love that, right? It's your resource, it's your, it's embodied in you. You don't need to pay for it. You have it all the time, right? So it doesn't take anybody and that what it's self-empowerment, right? We call that self-efficacy. Like you are self-efficacy. Have you breathe? No, why? Well, because that therapist really helps me. No, breathe. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Anytime you put the, uh, the onus onto somebody else, you're sort of allowing them to take over. Are you doing a breath? Are you doing some sort of breath work? Right? No, then find one. Okay, because it it's it's yours. It's given to you from the day you were born. Our daughter. She's two and a half months, the first six days of her life, she had a cold. She got a cold from her kids, from her siblings, right? We were telling her, <laughs> literally verbalizing this to her. Uh, you gotta breathe to stay in this world. You just do, it's your choice. And literally there was like this, just sort of like, and you breathe with your nose and your mouth. And she's like, and literally, like, she was like six days old. She's like, oh, I mean, just think of that, right? Where she was in the womb, right? Like, what was she doing in the womb? She was swimming in fluid, like, oh, you know, like, and, and we're like, look, I, I like, you got these siblings who are like really cool kids and they're going to love you and you're going to have this great relationship, but you need to like, like, you need to like, there's like this physical world that you need to like stay in if you want to, you know, no pressure, just if you want to, but you have to breathe. And so we'd be like, take a breath, take a breath. And just sort of guiding her in that process, right? And now it's like, oh, sweet, I can breathe. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, it's always with you. So you could be at the top of Everest or at the bottom of the ocean, but you have your breath, okay? Um, you, uh, so it doesn't matter what situation you're in, right? You can be totally pissed off at somebody, but you have your breath. It's not like you have to like go to the store and buy it. It's not like you left it at home. It's not like your cell phone that you need to put in your pocket or your keys or anything like that. It's always with you, all right? Always, unless you die. Um, again, you don't need to pay anyone for it, right? So I don't like the fact of like, oh, here's, you know, thank you for doing that for me. Even like injecting somebody, it's like, oh, the doctor, I, you know, I, need, I need my injection, right? And I know this happens a lot in, in many different fields, but it's, oh, I got my injection, now I'm good. Have you been doing everything else? No, but I got my injection. Okay, great. Um, it happens automatically. So you don't have to think about it, which is always great, right? Because our mind sometimes can get in the way of things. So when you are sleeping or you're doing something else, you breathe. Hopefully you breathe. 
many of us hold our breath when or when we're like stressful situations, but we have to breathe at least, you know, twice or three times a minute or something like that. Right. So there's no conscious input. It's not like we're like, oh, wait, I forgot to breathe, breathe. Um, when you're sleeping, you're breathing. And then when you wake up, you continue breathing. And so there's this sort of automaticity to it, right, which is really cool. The other, the alter of that is that you can also control it. So it's this really cool thing where there's this automaticity, there's this unconsciousness to it, but there's also this volitional sort of this desire, this conscious aspect of the breath where it's like, oh, I could ask you all to take a breath right now. And you could, you could stop in mid breath and say, and I could say, okay, hold it for six seconds and you could, and then you release it. And then I say, okay, just breathe normally and don't think about it anymore. And you could, right? Which is really cool. And I, I talk about that because um, we'll actually go through a study that actually looked at the difference of, you know, just allowing your breath to be there versus actually changing your breath volitionally. Okay. Um, so those are cool things that we have this capacity of just letting our breath go and we it breathes for ourselves and or we have the ability to control it okay um although the breath is there there's an aspect of impermanence of every breath so you with each cycle of the breath you are accepting holding and releasing, accepting, present moment, releasing. So there's this impermanent cycle that you are actually practicing with every breath of bringing in the present moment with your breath, holding the present moment, releasing the present. If you didn't release your breath, you'd be dead. <laughs> so there's got to be this ability of letting it go. And then what happens in the next cycle? It comes in again, right? And this is a, sort of an analogy to the present moment, the impermanence of everything, of every physical manifestation, it, the breath, including one of them, right? So it's a great way to practice accepting what's coming to you, receiving it with openness and letting go. How does it feel to take in a breath and not receive it with openness? Have you ever done that? It can be quite constricting. <laughs> it can be quite constricting. If you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to take this. And we do that. It's actually called shallow breathing. And we usually do shallow breathing when we are stressed, nervous, anxious, or whatever it might be. Okay. Um, so with each in-breath, we can invite the in-breath in. We can allow it to be there when it is. And then we let it go. And this is an analogy to your thoughts. Oh, here's my thought. Oh, just like the breath, it comes, I see it, and I just let it go. It comes, I see it, or your emotions, or physical sensations that appear in the present moment. So the breath can really, so by focusing on the breath, or by having a concentrative practice where we focus on the breath, we see that the breath being this impermanent thing is just like thoughts that arise and disappear. Right? 
if we hold on to our thoughts, we, we, we also know what happens, right? If we're so attached to our thoughts, typically that can cause uh, more suffering. Um, just like if you hold on to your breath, you might have a difficult time breathing. You might have a difficult time releasing the breath and then taking in the next breath, right? Um, it's an object. It's a sensory. It's a, well, it's an object that we can direct our attention to, so it can be a resource. It's an object that we can focus our attention on. That we that has a sensory component to it, like feel your breath. Oh, what does that mean? Well, breathing. Well, what's the sensation of the breath in your body? Where do you feel the breath the most when you inhale? In the present moment, what sensation do you feel? That what's the what's the predominant sensation as you're breathing that you can pay attention to? If you don't like the sensation or you don't like focusing on sensations in the body, which can be okay, it's something that you can pay attention to, you can count, uh, you can alter and sort of use, um, you know, five seconds in, hold for five seconds, exhale. There's a number of sort of manipulations that you can do, but it's an object that we can focus our attention on. It can also, it's an object that in doing so then can help us cultivate this practice of focusing our attention and concentrating. Why? Because we choose something prior to our meditation. We might say, okay, you know what? I'm going to choose focusing on my breath and I'm going to choose to count my breaths. And I'm going to choose to see if I can count for five full breaths without my mind wandering. And if my mind wanders, I come back to the breath to number one and I see, can I get five? I usually don't say five. I say just one breath. See if you can be fully present for just one breath. Okay. Again, I said, you can notice the sensation of the breath coming and going, right? You can get, you can, uh, you can, you can, um, there's a lot of, practices where you see like like you know the microscopic sort of focus that we have on certain sensations that we might 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 feel in the body where you notice where your whole practice is paying attention to the moment as you're breathing naturally the moment that you have the physical sensation of the breath wanting to start where is that in your awareness you're right where you're residing right you take a breath and now you're paying attention you're just you're you 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 have this open slate and all of a sudden something something comes in to your field of awareness that says next breath what is that And noticing what sensation you feel and then starting to notice what sensation you feel what's the first sensation. You notice as the breath comes in and what's the last sensation, how do you know that the breath is over. 
How are you 100% sure that breath is over? There's no argue. I can't argue with you. It'd be like, no, you know, you still, you, you still felt it. No, you'd be like, I'd look, it's me. I feel it. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a total direct experience. So now it starts to train you on what is your direct experience? There's nobody that's going to argue with you about your direct experience or dissuade you from your direct experience. Right? What was the what was the sensation? What was that micro, the tiniest, 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 subtlest sensation that says, your next breath is here? Can you notice that? Oh, interesting. Can you notice? Here's the breath. Oh, it's coming. Where did you notice that first? Then you breathe and then you finish your breath. Where did you notice? Where's it in? Okay. Uh, it's a great anchor to the present moment, again, because it's just this breath. So this breath is the present moment. There's no breath in the past and there's no breath in the future. So the sensation of your breath in the present moment is the present. That's it. Yeah. And these are things we're going to go into our practice, but using learning how to use our breath is a direct connection to our nervous system. In that, how we choose to breathe consciously or how we breathe even unconsciously can directly affect our nervous system. I consider the breath like a switch. The breath is like a switch for the autonomic nervous system, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system and the social nervous system. It's like a switch. How are you doing? I'm stressed, I'm tense, I'm worried, I'm scared, I feel threatened. Oh. Breathe. Oh, as soon as you start breathing, you're telling your nervous system, you're literally telling your, 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 your parasympathetic nervous system to come on board. You're literally telling your parasympathetic system to come on board. And many of us have a great imbalance in our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, a great imbalance. Why? Because we don't train the parasympathetic nervous system. In our society, we train and encourage the sympathetic nervous system, the sort of the fight or flight, right? Or we may have had events where we are constantly feeling threatened, whether it's from, you know, the, the, the COVID or your current situation or whatever it might be, where there's constantly feeling of threat. If there's a constant feeling of threat, your survival mechanisms are heightened and you're in a parasympathetic state which is okay. We just need balance. So it's not about one being better than the other. It's just about lack of balance. And most of us are imbalanced. And so how do we bring balance? Well, we start to educate and train the parasympathetic nervous system. And the breath is an incredible way of doing that. And we'll talk about that uh, a little bit next week, as well as um, its effect on the heart rate, 
and uh, getting into then uh, heart rate variability as well as the movement of the cerebrospinal fluid. Okay. So um, if you are okay, uh, I'm going to do a practice on the breath. If you are okay with the breath, um, follow the practice. If you are not, just go to your resource. Okay, go to what uh, you go to a place that you 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 you'll feel safe, right? Where you can direct your attention, you feel safe. Um, if you have the you are breathing, even if you don't, even if you're like, oh, if I focus on my breath, I'm I'm I get anxious. Then a good practice is actually going to your resource and just you you're breathing anyways. You're just not focusing on it. So what you can do is you can uh do that titration or sort of pendulum movement to focusing on your breath because it's not a place of safety at this point right but it can become one and it can be quite quite powerful 